the Now That We're a Family podcast. And we're back with yet another episode of the Now That We're a Family podcast. Katie, would you tell our listeners what today's episode is about? Elijah Peter. Okay, he just set me up because I literally just told you I don't know what this episode is about That's so not much. true. Come on. Give, you know it's a little bit about, you know a little bit. About it's about what. systems. You told me it's about systems. There you go. The last time, you know, I had eight points and yep. this time I have no points. So I'm hoping you have points. Uh, I do. I'm sure I have thoughts. I don't have my notebook, but they're here on my computer. So I'm going to be pulling up some different pages as we go here. Um, yeah, Katie, this is... A fun week for Katie and I because we get to go to my family's in Washington State and we're going to start practicing for our upcoming Christmas concerts, which is fun because we didn't get to do the concerts last year. Actually, I haven't performed with my family band for over two or no, yeah, two years. That's crazy. Which is, uh, probably the longest in my in my like in my entire life that I have not done a concert with them. So yeah. I'm really excited about that. Um, and then it's just really fun to see them. Every time. How long did you guys do your annual concerts, like your annual Christmas concerts? Oh, I just these ones. Not maybe. Maybe this will be like our eleventh year doing these ones. I mean, that's a long time. Yeah. And they do like three to four shows. And like our these are our hometown Christmas concerts. Yeah. So we played concerts many years before that. Then we started these like hometown this hometown Christmas series eleven years. Yeah, they've ago. they've played all over since we've been married. We still road trip to. a I felt like it was a lot of concerts the first like three years and then the last two. I think we just kind of committed to the Christmas concerts moving forward with all the kids because all the siblings were getting married and the mm. o- your older few siblings kept doing, still traveling and stuff with little kids. Yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, for that's a, a good while, point for a they while. They were still doing it when we had Leon and Lucy. Yeah, we, older we, kids. we were just talking about this a couple days ago because we were trying to figure out how the heck we paid our bills like in our first year of marriage <laughs> we're like how did that add up we were trying to remember how much our rent was and what our grocery budget was but i think that was that was part of the reason we we could afford um life is because i was still doing concerts it's like i it, it was worth driving for you know five hours or six oh, hours yeah, to go you know whatever make whatever chunk of money i can make to to float us through till the if next month it was month. like a hundred bucks it would have been great yeah exactly that's a good point like cover gas plus enough for chipotle on the way home yeah yeah and it was a win <laughs> okay so like katie said we were going to talk about systems and this is coming i know we've probably been talking a lot about being sick because that like, such babies. <laughs> we are such babies, but that really derailed us. It was, I mean, it's easy for us to say, I think that it was definitely the most sick we'd ever been maybe in our entire lives, but oh, certainly definitely. since we'd been married, um, and had children. And so it really caught us off guard. And I think it, it really surprised us on how disruptive it was for our entire, for our entire flow of life. However, now that we are, you know, not feeling sick. I, in fact, like the last couple of days, this is the most energy we've had in a long time. It, yeah, kind it of in really, months. We're stoked. We are pumped right now about life. <laughs> probably a little bit too pumped. We should always probably calm down a bit before we start recording the podcast. I'm sure, we'll say many things that we one day regret. But uh, the fact is, is that over the last few days, we've gotten like our energy back and we're exercising and we're getting up early and um, getting back to a lot of our routines that give us energy and really fuel us with life. And it's been really fun to look in hindsight at those maybe three to three and a half weeks that we were 
um, you know, sick or, or definitely not feeling like ourselves. And it's cool because even though we were literally, again, we're being, I'm going to use dramatic language here because that's how we roll. We felt like we were like in the depths of despair. You know, we had no like excitement for like, we just didn't know why we were alive. We're like, this is the worst thing ever. Why well, are we doing this? Why are we being alive? I would say that that's not dramatic because for me, I'll, so I didn't realize that with, uh, COVID. Can I say COVID on the podcast? Will we get like kicked off a platform or something or censored? I guess we'll see. <laughs> I feel like since getting that, it was like um, depression afterwards is like a side effect of it. And since getting it, so many people have said that to us. I mean, like, oh yeah, depression comes with it. And that wasn't something that we heard talked about a lot. Hmm. Or had you? Maybe people would mention it and I would kind of... I, I think, yeah, I just wouldn't think, I just wouldn't think much of it. Like yeah. I've heard people say it before. But anyways, that's not what this podcast is about, but I feel like it was like a new record low for hmm. me, for sure. Oh, I've I had never, never s- been down that low. I Yeah, I've never seen you like that. I feel like a lot of grace for people who live in that place. Sure. Because you just don't know how to come out. Yeah. And so life just doesn't seem like it's worth living. Yeah. which is a really scary place to be. Oh, it was scary for me. It makes sense it was scary for you because since our relationship, I've been the one that's had the lows. You know, I've like struggled with discouragement and maybe even some seasons of depression and I've always leaned on you in those times and you've picked me up and it blew my mind when the roles felt reversed and I was like, "Oh my goodness, my wife is despondent and I I really don't know how to I mean, I just wanted to be there for you. I feel like you knew exactly what to do because it's like all the things I probably should do when you've been there. You know what I mean? I was like trying to learn. (laughs) Oh, anyways, the Lord was so gracious. And like you said, it it really does humble you and give you a lot more, you know, grace for people that do struggle on a regular basis with different levels and forms of mental illness, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and and they have that hardship in their life. Um, because yeah, it is, it is so easy. I've done this before and it's like, I like cringe thinking about it. I'm sure I'll probably make these mistakes again in the future where you, somebody comes to you like, man, I'm struggling. You're just kind of like, well, you know, set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. You know, you gotta yeah, you think like, like it's sport, just give them some fix. scripture and give them. And obviously, you know, I'm never going to regret speaking scripture, hopefully into people's lives. But I do think that there have been times where I've probably been pretty flippant and insensitive um, in responding some to s- maybe some friends or family members that struggle with that. Right? I, I feel wow. like I totally derailed you on yeah, that. You're right. I'm we sorry, because we you were going somewhere. And I know I sounded kind of like flippant in the beginning with the whole systems thing, because I don't know where you want to take this necessarily, oh, sure. but I'm passionate about systems. So yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to get into this. Yeah. Um, and these systems, like we brought up like depression and mental health and like, that's not so much what, I mean, that's not at all what the systems are for. I, I'm not going to, no. the last thing we can do is speak with any type of authority or experience on creating systems to combat no, no, mental no, no, illness. No. That's, that was a total like side point in what we experienced with COVID. Um, but the reason we've learned to really appreciate systems and why we're ultra motivated now to implement even more is because when we look back at that three to three and a half weeks, many great things happened and we were able to function 
on a relatively high level because of some systems that primarily Katie had implemented into our home or that we had both implemented like into our businesses and into our life. Um, just things even as, as simple as the way you do your grocery shopping and meal preparation. I couldn't believe when I looked back in hindsight how well we ate for three and a half weeks with, with you like not having any energy or like capability really physically to be creative and proactive in making meals. But because of some like fallback systems that we, we were able to fall back on the systems, I should say. And as a result, you know, sure we did, you know, Grubhub a couple of times. One of the times. systems was just yeah. having Elisha go pick up dinner. Sure. That, that, that certainly happened. And like, we weren't trying to like hold to some standard. That, no, no. That's we're what I mean. I think that's what, I guess that's what, why I'm so pumped is because we literally had zero willpower, zero desire to hold, like I said, to any standard or level of like health or routine or structure or, or no zero desire to move our businesses forward. That's like, we just simply didn't care about any of those things. And yet the systems really kept us, you know, kind of between the lines. And if anything, we, we made progress in a lot of those areas while yeah. being literally down. And, um, yeah, it reminds me of the quote that, can I say the quote? Say the quote. This is like our quote of the year. Yeah, starting this week. No, um, I'm not even joking because, Elisha, we, when did we first get the book Atomic Habits? I think I it was this time last year. Okay. I read it for the first time in Cancun or Cabo or one of those places on the Neil Life trip. Nice. That's great. Yeah. And it's been, it's and, great. And I just kept quoting it. Yeah. So the book is called Atomic Habits. Is it James Clear? Yeah, I think that's the author. O'Clary. By James Cl- O'Clary or Clear. Maybe. The Clear. book's called Atomic Habits. And um, there's a line in there that goes, we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. And Katie and I have found that to be true time and time again, especially while we are sick. Yeah, because something that I love, that this book is just amazing, you guys, like... Outside of the Bible. Whoa, okay. Don't preface stuff like that. That is so huge. Okay. <laughs> it has been the most impactful <laughs> book in my life personally. That's a that's a like non Christian book, I should say. Okay, yeah. I'd say heaven. Yeah, is you closer. said I was gonna say a couple episodes ago you talked about Yeah, that. yeah, and heaven, but like that's in a different category. This is like the just like live your best life now category. As far as like self-development, like yeah. implementing systems, yeah. I feel like self-development has become like a, almost a dirty word in hmm. some of the Christian community gotcha. of people that take their faith really seriously because it can kind of be this like, you know, surrounding like toxic positivity or oh, just yeah. like, you know, rah, yeah. rah, drink the Kool-Aid, feel yeah. good about Yeah, life. it's like you don't want to have sticky thinking and so you like think pie in the sky and think yourself yeah. to a better life, you know, think and grow rich. And, but yeah. This is a really, really good book, regardless of what your thoughts are about self-development. Um, yeah. Which, we, or self-help, I should say. I think self-help is sure. kind of the trigger. Yeah. But um, obviously, we should be growing and learning as people, and that's what self-development means. Uh, but one thing that he really points out in the book is, is what, what was I even going to say in the beginning when I started this whole thing, is, oh, that everyone has the same goals. So high achievers and people Hmm. who are bound by their 
their lack of yeah, bad habits, bad maybe, habits, or, motivation, lack of direction, yeah. all that have the same goals. We all want the same things in life. We want healthy, thriving relationships. We would love to have healthy bodies that serve us well our whole lives. Mm. Um, we would like to be making enough money to be comfortable and mm. to be able to give and be, be able to not be stressed financially. Mm. You know, yeah, there is, there might be like different specific sure. things yes. that are specific to us as individuals, but big picture, we all want the same goals. And the difference is our systems. Yeah. As far as who hits their goals and for who they're always a pipe dream. Yeah. And this is, this book was a really nice breakthrough for me because um, many of, many of our listeners know this, but Katie and I definitely have been through different stages where we just like totally dug deep into like self-development type books and business books and mm-hmm. read like whatever was recommended on the entrepreneurial list, you know, of, of Amazon or whatever, or Audible or whatever, either, either of them. And, um, and we learned a bunch, you know, it really helped us in getting our businesses going. But it's funny because oftentimes they would lead me, they would leave me in this place of feeling discouraged ultimately and kind of like beating myself up because I would see all these high achievers that, talk like they are just living life at, uh, on, on, you know, 10 out of 10, getting up at 3 a.m. every morning, always taking cold showers, you know, making 5,000 sales calls, you know, before breakfast. <laughs> um, and they would have their dramatic stories that would fire me up and they're inspirational. And then, of course, reality hits and you fall short of whatever that goal is in your brain. You're like, well, I think I can do this. And then you, you know, you usually come up short. And, um, and it really was taking over time, it was starting to really take a shot to my confidence. It was taking a hit on my confidence. This book was not like those other books at all. And I'm not saying you shouldn't read the other books. A lot of those are still really great. You know, we take some of the principles from them, but this book really made me realize that just as humans, we are going to fall short when it comes to our own ability, our own willpower, our own like energy and excitement and motivation. That's all that's going to let us down. We're going to have seasons of inspiration, of motivation, and that's great when those happen and you can take a ton of action. But we'll, we're also going to go through the valleys of life where you're not feeling great health-wise, where like we just experienced, where you, you, um, you know, are lacking clarity in your vision, where maybe you're around a toxic environment and you just can't think clearly. It's taking an impact on your relationships and your faith. However, you've got, there's, a, there's a way build in systems into your life so that the point is, is it's not dependent on you. Like it's the point is, is that it's not dependent on your willpower or your level of inspiration. Yeah. And I mean, you need a little bit sometimes, but actually I would say we, we didn't really have any willpower for like three weeks. And a lot of the things that were systematized kept going. Yes. And I think that that's so cool because it's not that these people who get up at 4am every morning and, you know, take their ice bath are fakers because, but it wasn't just a goal for them. And they have this incredible willpower. Yes. They created, if they're consistent in that, they have a system supporting right. them. And I think that's, that's what these other books didn't tell you. And that's what kind of set atomic habits apart because for us, we were like, okay, we're going to try to do this. We're going to try to do this. And like you said, when you aim for a goal and you miss it, your confidence actually goes backwards. It does. Yeah. 
And if you aren't confident, then you aren't in a place to take risks. And this is risk. I mean, we need to, if we're growing as people and wanting to grow, like we need to be taking risks relationally. Mm -hmm. We need to be taking risks um, spiritually, even like if we're going out and sharing our faith Mm -hmm. or getting out of our comfort zone that way, uh, definitely in a business with our children, we need to constantly be in a risk taking state. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good muscle to exercise and a good reality. I think it's just like a foundational principle to accept as being a part of life. Yeah. Something that really was encouraging to me actually is my mom turned, I don't know, 39 or 40 or I don't know how old you were, mommy, if you're listening to this, but one year her new year's resolution was she wanted to do something that scared her or more things that scared her. And my mom was really good at not saying like every single day or something like that. She kept it general. Hmm. But she did so many things with us that year, like mountain biking. She jumped off bridges. She went on rope swings. Like she did a lot of physical fears. She did a lot of mental fears. And it was so cool as a teenager to see my mom pushing herself instead of just being like, oh no, you guys do that. Like she doesn't have to prove herself. You know, she doesn't have to impress my dad. She doesn't have to impress anyone. Um, she doesn't have any of that like peer pressure drive. It was just straight up. She's like, I've been in my comfort zone for too long and I need to start taking more risks. Hmm. And she continues to do that. It was like this catalyst for her to do that. But I just will, I'll never forget her doing that challenge. And you know how they say more is caught than taught. I feel like Mm. that was something she, you know, my dad was a natural risk taker, but my mom doing that was just like, wow, impressive to me. Yeah. And I, I feel like I always do this and I'm going to clarify, Katie mentioned just really quickly that they jumped off bridges. They always jump off bridges into water. Well, cause I don't know. I always feel like that's good to specify. They weren't just like sending it (laughs) into the, you know, fast lane on the overpass. Um, no. Yeah. You're right. That That's know. a good clarification. I mean, the fact that we're still here, maybe the mystery of that could keep yeah, our I listeners let it go. engaged. You're like, no way. They're <laughs> survivors. That's awesome. No. the uh, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because Kate, so bringing this back to where Kate and I are really excited, I think I want to speak primarily to um, like the spiritual aspect of our life and developing systems and infrastructure that keeps us on a far more stable and consistent trajectory in our faith and on a steady walk with the Lord. Um, because there were some highs and lows spiritually throughout our time of being sick, but I think it did reveal a lack of systems in me being have, having the ability, like again, having the systems to keep me constantly fed God's word and to find encouragement. Again, this was a new experience. We hadn't been in a place where we couldn't go to church, you know, for, for weeks at a time, um, or we couldn't fellowship with other believers, you know, in person. So I'm not beating ourselves up about it. It makes sense, but I want to learn from it and implement systems moving forward. Katie and I were talking about this, um, after church on Sunday, because we got to go to the church for the first time in a while. And we both are so feel so compelled to implement like basically to find systems for our life around spiritual spiritual growth that we've never wanted to do before in the sense that it's like, and I shouldn't say never wanted to do before, but maybe that we hadn't wanted to do in this season prior to where we're at now. And that is things like join a consistent men's Bible study, do the men's breakfast, do the, you know, you talk about finding a women's group, um, something where, you know, like if it's Tuesday morning or if it's Thursday evening, 
where you are consistently showing up because that is such a blessing, I feel like, of the assembling together of the saints on on a, on a Sunday morning is it's that's a system. You know, like it's I think it's a lot of people will criticize the um the structure and like the like the how it's so co- corporate churches become so corporate where it's like this structured thing on Sunday morning. It's like, oh, does the Bible really, you know, tell us that we have to meet on Sunday morning? Does it say we have to meet in a building? There's got and it's so easy to pick apart the way the church is ran, maybe in the West and in America. And clearly, there's it's not hard to find issues with like the general church, but there's also actually a blessing in the structure of knowing that every Sunday morning here in America and we found an amazing church, we can go. It's like, we don't have to have that. We don't have to have any willpower. We literally get in our car on Sunday morning and we drive to this building and we go in to a temp, you know, climate controlled room. And then boom, it's like, we're singing with the saints. We're hearing the word preached. We're partaking in communion and we're just fed. It's amazing. It really is. Yeah. It is a really cool experience. And I've had people ask before, okay, you're throwing around this term systems. What are you talking about? You know, what's a system? And a system is basically a set of a lot of smaller steps that you repeat over and over and over and over. So it's almost like this muscle memory that you have. And you could do it blind. You could do it asleep. You could just, you go through the motions. And it's basically a bunch of little steps. It doesn't take a lot of willpower to do any one of the steps, but it gets you a big result in mm. the end. And that's the cool part of a system. So something like um, one way to really help support your systems, like Elisha was talking about, was basically just showing up somewhere. Mm. So you don't have to have all the all that it takes for you to do is get out the door, get in your car, and then the rest happens. Yes. Like the rest snowballs into effect. Mm. And like committing, for instance, we noticed that we had a lot of systems around our business. And why that's kind of sad is because I think it showed where our heart was. And the fact that what we, where we fell off the rails or weren't applying ourselves with spiritually, but you know, an Instagram post went out every week, this podcast went out when we were like, holding back our coughs yeah. and had fevers still. Yeah, our emails, our courses, our everything was still... Yeah, sales, affiliates, customer yes. service, all that kept yeah. going. Yeah. And it's because we had really just refined this process. Like, We have a great team for, oh, for one. It's amazing. That's, well, they, they kept our team kept the customer service going yes. and like a so lot much, going. So much going, yeah. Yes. So when I think, though, of like this podcast, for instance... The accountability is part of the system for yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. You guys are expecting an episode on Tuesday. Yeah. And we don't want you to show up and have there not be an episode. Hmm. So Elisha has the system out here for setting up all the equipment. And my system is just put on my makeup. <laughs> yes. But accountability is a big part of that system. Yeah. And I, I do want to specify with uh, how we're viewing this in regards to our, our spiritual growth and our relationship with the Lord and wanting to grow in our faith. Um Clearly, there's been a total abuse of religious systems over the course of the world. You know, I mean, just the Christian, just the Christian tradition is filled with tons of abuse when when our relationship with the Lord is systematized into a religion. And so I don't want you to be misunderstood and say like, oh, sweet, we just need to like start checking boxes for the sake of spiritual growth, because I don't think that that's how you grow spiritually 
is by checking boxes. Mm-hmm. But I do think there you can have some insight into your own heart. And like the like the hymn, I think Come Thou Fount says in one of the verses, like, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for the thy courts above. We're trusting God with our heart, but we also know our just our by our human default is to just wander from him. And so if we're aware of that, let's put some parameters in place where we're thinking, oh no, that's right. I've got my guys that I'm going to meet with on Tuesday morning and they'll text me if I don't show up and they'll ask me how I, that's a system that you can, you know, it's a, it's for the purpose of growing in your relationship and um, maybe being a health, how accountable with things around morality and sin issues and making sure you're continuing on in, in your journey of your faith. That's a system. Same thing with Sunday morning. It's like, are people going to know when you're not there and they're going to check up and see how you're doing? Um, and so, yeah, I don't want you to think that, oh, just like um, depending on a religious system is going to ensure spiritual growth. That's not what I'm saying. But instead, I think you can actually use systems and your heart needs to be right before the Lord. You've got to be sincere in your pursuit of him and going to his word. Um, but I think a part of that is being sincere and realizing like, man, like I, as a human being, as much as I like big picture, want to serve the Lord and love him, I also know that I get lazy or I get apathetic towards the Lord in certain seasons. And so create systems that walk you through those. Yeah. And the thing is, is that once we are experiencing the benefits of a positive, something we want in our life, we don't necessarily crave in the moment. Like for instance, time with the Lord, when I'm in a very dry place and I'm opening up the Bible and have no context for where I'm reading, it's not very motivating. Mm. But once I've been in his word one day, two day, three days, I'm craving it. And I am willing to go through any of the friction that I need to go through to have that quiet time happen. But a way that like systems can support is having, you know, my, I got a note taking Bible and that's been really big for me because when I just read the Bible, I kind of can zone out and think about something else and then be like, okay, I'm two chapters in, but I don't know. I didn't comprehend anything and I'm a big note taker, but then I could never find my journal and my Bible at the same time in the pens. And like, I know some people, one way they systematize this, like my mom, she always had this big bag where it was like her books, her Bible, her pens, her journal. And it was just right there. So she could bring it with her wherever she goes. She could bring it on a trip. But for me, having the that those notes right there in the Bible has really helped me just simplify mm. my time in the Word. I just need to find a pen, and then I have my Bible right there. That's so good. I think a system that you have, Elisha, is getting out all your stuff the night before. Yeah, again, like it might not sound like this is a... Sp- the, the act itself isn't spiritual, but for the sake of my spiritual growth, I need to have my Bible and my journal out the night before on the breakfast table. Otherwise, it's like if I have to dig around and try to remember if it's in my backpack or if I left it in the car or if it's downstairs you know, by our bed, then it's too much friction. And it's just kind of like, I'm just going to read whatever book I have up here, or I'm just going to go back to bed or whatever, you know, (laughs) like, but when I know right where it's at, I know where my journal's at. That's, that's a system that actually supports me in my spiritual growth. And one more thing that I think is helpful is habit stacking. So noticing that like, I don't even have to think about Katie, did you do your Bible time or not today? When I get up in the morning, Mm. the house is quiet. 
I'm not going to like watch a YouTube video at six mm. in the morning. My mind's really clear. I know what's important to me in those hours. And so if I get up before the kids, I will have a Bible time. Mm. Like that will just happen. I, I'm not getting derailed by social media or children mm-hmm. or getting in a conversation with Elisha. And so kind of going back to that root cause of, okay, why am I not having a quiet time? Can I have it in the middle of the day? Yes, but there's just so much more friction there. Mm. So I can guarantee that happening if I take it a step further and be like, okay, what I really need to systematize is getting up in the morning. That's right. How do I create a system for getting up in the morning? Because then this automatically happens. Yeah. It's, it's fun kind of tracking that backwards. Cause I could say you can even get like more specific for me where it's like, okay, what's, what's the best thing for me to, you know, continue on in my faith. Oh, I think it's probably to get in the word and like have time of prayer with the Lord and fellowship with the saints. Okay. Well, how do you get in the word consistently? Um, probably I should probably do it in the morning before there's any other distractions. I need to get, you know, get, okay. So you have to get up before you have got to, I've got to get up before the kids. And so I've got to be able to wake up at whatever, 530 or whatever time it is to give myself 45 minutes or an hour to be in the word. Okay. So that's the, the, well, and in order for me to get up at 530, actually, I've got to be able to go to bed at, you know, by 10 o'clock or whatever it is. In order for me to be able to go to bed at 10 o'clock, I've got to be able to make sure, you know, I've got screens off at eight and you can work your way backwards. And I've found myself like there's these triggers that are habit stacking where it's like, I put the kids to bed at seven and I go and I prepare my coffee maker for the next day. I take my supplements. I take my last drink of water for the night. Then I like try to hydrate at that point and I get my Bible and my books out. Do I go to bed at 730? No, but I've now prepared myself. Like to me, that's the that's like the first habit of my spiritual growth. And that sounds silly and it sounds cheesy, but it's but, like that's how it that's what it triggers for yeah. me. Does that make does that make sense? Well, it makes sense to me because uh, we've lived it. Yeah. And we've seen the difference of when we're just like going to make <clears throat> excuse me, make this one change and we don't address the root and then we just keep not following through and again that confidence drops and then we start beating ourselves up and be like, you know what, what's the point anyways because I'm never going to get there. Yeah. But when you take those small steps backwards, anything we really care about is worth investing time and energy mm. into and realizing that, you know, we're all human beings that are, no matter how disciplined we are, we're going to have lazy moments, maybe long chunks of being lazy. And yet we can still, or unmotivated, Mm. and we can still invest in the things that are really important to us. Um, and so even though it doesn't sound super cool and fancy, uh, systematizing relationships, uh, loosely <laughs> systematizing like yeah. things that build a relationship, right. uh, systematizing our spiritual growth, mm. systematizing our health. All those things are just vital if you actually want to follow through and have a incredible response. Yeah. See a consistent growth and, and, um, and also actually be able to enjoy it a lot more in the midst of it. It's yes. like my faith is so much more, precious and enjoyable and I get to like really feel much closer to the Lord like am I positionally closer to the Lord when I'm consistently doing the Bible studies or going to church or no like I'm as close as I can be positionally because of what Christ did on the cross and his righteousness bringing me before that I can now have that perfect righteousness before God however it's like that relationship still exists like he's still a living father 
that I can choose to engage with on a regular basis, um, or I can not. I can choose to not. I can choose to be like basically act like I'm not a Christian. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd way rather walk in an abundant, flourishing relationship with my Lord and Savior than act as a total indifferent, like you know, infidel. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad you brought this up, Elisha. Yeah. Oh, boy. No, it was good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah? You think it was good? Well, I hope you guys were encouraged. Yeah. I, I feel like Katie and I understand the language, like, because we've read these books, like, with each other and separately, like, so many times. And so we'll say things that we know exactly what, what the other person means. Well, there could um, be, sometimes you don't know what's, like, jargon- and exactly. Is that it? Jargon or jargon? jargon? I think it's jargon. I think people usually say jargon. Coming from someone who learned every word she pronounces through reading and not audit- yes, auditory exactly. anything. Yes, it's the epitome of hyperbole. Yeah. yeah no, at least I know those words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I hope that this is helpful and we don't just want to sling around terms. Yes. Hopefully it was... Um, you know, I feel like it was all pretty common sense, but there is a lot of depth to it. And I think that's kind of the cool part about, uh, quote unquote, the self-development space is it's all simple. Hmm. And when Elisha and I get out of that space, you really feel like you aren't missing anything and you don't feel like anyone has like a secret key you don't have. Yeah. But then when you break down like human behavior and response and what triggers us and what motivates us, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. And what we want is steady growth in consistency over time, that compounding effect, yeah. which actually the compound effect is another great book. <laughs> if you're going to get one, uh, just that compounding effect over time, not this like binge, like I'm going to read the book of John 17 times this month, you know, like that could be a really cool thing and like yeah. prime the pump for a desire of getting in God's word. Mm-hmm. We want to be in God's word, you know, year after year after year after year. Mm-hmm. And um, just like everything else in our lives. Yes, that's right. Positive. Uh, yeah, exactly. So thank you guys for uh, for listening. We'll be back with you next week. Yeah, see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>